I think Andrew inspires me just because he has so much dedication. He inspired me to even want to try to run. Compared to what I'm doing, it, it just pales in comparison to what Darla's been through and what she's done and what she's accomplished, especially with the kids. That was Andrew and Darla Forbes. And this is episode 24 of the Inspired Souls podcast and our very first couple of the quarter. Hi, I'm Carolyn and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. We are so excited to be kicking off a brand new series called Couple of the Quarter, where once every three months we go deep with a couple about how running fits into their relationship. It will be one of two scenarios. They're either both runners or just one partner is a runner, like our first twosome today, Andrew and Darla Forbes. Andrew and Darla are both health professionals in their 50s from Belleville, Ontario, who have four adult children and a very full life, and yet they somehow make it all work, despite one of them being super passionate about running and the other not so much. We get into how this impacts their family life, whether it ever causes friction between them, how they navigate the inevitable running social functions, and what happens when the runner can't run or has a disappointing race. As you'll hear in this episode, Darla and Andrew are such a blast, and I think you're going to love their energy. But just a warning, this episode has plenty of adult language, so if you have young children nearby, we would recommend grabbing a set of headphones first. And now on to our conversation with Darla and Andrew Forbes. Well, Andrew and Darla Forbes, thank you so much for being our very first couple in our Couple of the Quarter series. So welcome to the Inspired Souls podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Well, you have no idea how excited Kim and I are for this conversation. We've both been a part of enough running communities at this point to know that a runner's spouse can play a huge role in their success in and enjoyment of our sport, particularly when one partner is a runner and the other is not like the two of you. Um, We're always kind of curious how it all goes down at home when, you know, this little running hobby of ours starts to take over big chunks of family time on the weekend or, you know, (laughs) starts to dictate where you go on vacation. So before I get ahead of myself here, um, how about we start with a little dynamic warm up? Can you, Andrew, tell us where you're from, what you do, and whether or not you're the runner of your couple? Well, I am the runner, and I'm a family doctor in Belleville, Ontario. actually grew up in Trenton, which is only 15 miles away, and settled here after my training, and I've been here ever since. Excellent. And Darla, same questions. We So now we know you're not the runner, but uh, what do you do for work? So I'm, uh, I've actually lived in Belleville all my life as well and went to school in Kingston and I'm a registered nurse and I've been working in nursing for about 34 years now. I started in pediatrics and worked there for 14 years and then went into perioperative nursing been there for 19 years now. I'm actually just a casual nurse now in the OR and I work full-time in Andrew's office. Super educated couple here. (laughs) (laughs) So back to you, Andrew, can you tell us when and how you got into running? Oh, I mean, I think for me personally, I've always been sort of into athletics, I guess, and fitness and that kind of thing. used to play a lot of squash and other things too. So running, I've always kind of thrown running in there. Once in a while, I would do that. I would go for a run. But about maybe eight or 10 years ago is when I really started to run. And that's when I joined the running group here in Belleville. A good friend of mine was already part of that running group and he encouraged me to just come out. So I did. Back then it was a small group and it was awesome. And I've been part of that group ever since. Well, yeah, you're one of the originals. So this was, what would you say, back in 2012? And and just for people listening, this was the group that uh, my brother coached. So it kind of started off as just 
me and like Heather, I think there was like two or three of us that he was coaching. And then I think you're referring to Mike, right? So Mike started to come out and then how did that all go down? How did Mike get you to, how did he rope you into joining this crazy club? (laughs) Well, I think, you know, he was well aware of some things that were going on in, in my life at the time. And a lot of that was personal stuff having to do with myself and Darla and Darla had some health issues at that time. Mike knew I was into running. I was open to the idea of running, that's for sure. And I think it was a combination of things. I was looking and he was also aware that it could possibly be a good thing for me. So mm-hmm. he, he kept bugging me basically to come out and I finally did and uh, never looked back. You got hooked. Yeah. <laughs> As, as we do, right? <laughs> but this went on. So this was 20, maybe 2012, partway through 2012, 2013. So Darla, what is happening? Like when, when he starts going out to the running club, did you think it was just a phase? Like tell us when, what went through your mind after you realized that he was serious about this running thing. Yeah, well, like I think it like started out that he would, he had joined this group and he would come home and he was, so excited like I remember making dinner in the kitchen and he'd be just like talking a mile a minute about this person and that person and and the diet and he was just so excited (laughs) about everything and he was actually getting excited too because I was like well geez like if this is so like great I think I want to be a part of this too I think I was more interested in the way that you guys were all eating like this new paleo way of eating and I remember like Andrew saying like, no, we have to do this. And I was looking at things to, you know, improve my health. And I wanted to like do everything I could to make things better for, for me. And so I really, really got into this. I went out and bought, you know, every paleo cookbook I could. Oh my goodness. I have to stop you there. You had an entire... I'm not joking. It was like a room. It was like the size of a a fair-sized walk-in closet, this room. And it was all cookbooks. And I think you'd made every recipe in every cookbook. Oh, yeah. I still have that same room with all those cookbooks. (laughs) Trust me, she does. (laughs) So you hadn't heard of Pinterest yet by then, eh? (laughs) No, that's right. But um, yeah, he was just super excited. And at the time, I was, you know, just as excited for him. But as time went on, you know, he almost um, obsessed about running, though, I found. Uh-huh. It was more than just just running. That's how I kind of felt sometimes. But But it was all good. Yeah. So, well, and I have to commend you because you really did give it a serious go. Like you gave, you started to come out to the club too. And you even participated in a few races, especially like the traveling ones. Like when we would go to Ottawa or I can remember you participating on a relay team at the Vermont city marathon. Like you gave it the old college try, but I know deep down you just didn't like it. Right. You, yeah. Like the, the very, the very first time I was trying to think about the very first because I really wanted to be part of this group that he was so like crazy about that I wanted, you know, I wanted to be part of it because I mean, that's just us, you know? So we were in the basement one night and he was signing up for this race in Ottawa. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm secretly, I said to myself, I'm going to sign up for a race too. Like I'm going to do this. I have like, you know, a few months to train and get ready for this race. So I just signed myself up. I paid, got out my MasterCard. And I remember Andrew looking at me saying, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I, I just signed up for a race. He's like, you did? So, <laughs> like, so excited for me. And I said, yeah, I signed up for the 2K. And he kind of looked at me weird, but he was like, oh, that's good. I said, yeah, I'm just going to start. You know, I thought I'd just start small. Mm-hmm. So off we went to Ottawa. And I remember a bunch of the running group coming to watch me like go yeah. and I'm standing in the corral, you know, and I was like, all thought, Oh, this is great. But I was the only one of the group, obviously in this race, cause it was a 2k. And I kind of look around and I'm thinking, why am I the only one over 10 
standing here <laughs> right now. And then I'm like, well, oh no, there were some people older, but they were pushing strollers. So, <laughs> okay. So anyway, that was my very first experience, but it was, it was cute because some of the running guys came out and like cheered me on. So I think I remember cheering you on that in that yeah. race. That's awesome. Did you enjoy yourself? I did. And I actually like, I loved it. I wanted to do more. I was, I was kind of getting hooked too, but I mean, I wasn't fast or anything by any means. It was more about the, you know, just doing it. But then, yeah, I did. I signed up for a few 5Ks. I did a few in Ottawa. I did the Tamarack. I did the, the army run. I did the Napanee one with Heather. Mm-hmm. Madison, this is another one that Madison one day, she's like, what was Mother's Day? She's like, oh, mom, for Mother's Day, I decided to sign you up for uh, the Mother's Day race in Belleville. I'm like, oh, my God, Maddie, I don't do races in Belleville. I don't want people to watch me running. (laughs) She's like, no, no, it's fun. We can do it together. It'll be a mother-daughter thing. I'm like, all right. Like, what can I say? I have to do it. And when I got there, there was another nurse that I know from PGH she was there and I was like, Oh, Hey, and she's in the same, like, she's, uh, I think she's a couple, maybe a year younger than me. So we were like in the same age group or whatever. So anyway, we do the 5k finish and then it comes to the medals and she gets first in her age group. So I was like, Oh my God, like way to go, Lynn. Like, this is amazing. And then Eric calls my name because I got second in my age group and I was just like oh my god are you kidding me I've never won anything like this is amazing (laughs) and then like okay but there's only two in your age group so (laughs) you know you know how to pick the races that's I do yeah for sure but but yeah then I I didn't really race much after that Well, that's what I was going to say. So when did you finally just give up trying to like it? Like where you just said, you know what, this isn't for me. You know what, I was thinking about that. But I mean, I think really why I stopped was because my knee was swelling, I was going to physio. And I didn't really love it. Like, to be honest, Mm -hmm. every race, I would start out and I would think, what the hell am I doing? Like, I don't like this. Why am I doing this? But I mean, when I would finish, I would feel that accomplishment. And then I would say, Oh, you know what, I want to do another one. I, you know, I always did want to get better. But I just didn't I just don't have the passion like Andrew does, I guess. Not saying that I won't ever maybe try again. (laughs) So I'm curious, Darla and Andrew, you know, you you mentioned, Darla, a few minutes ago about how Andrew got slightly obsessed with this running thing. And then you you kind of under your breath said, but it was all good. Was it really all good? Or did his continued growing passion for the sport ever cause any friction between the two of you? I don't think it caused any friction. I mean, at one point, I thought this might be a cult that he was involved with because it was just <laughs> unbelievable. I'm how sorry. He was, he was so obsessed. But, and he still is obsessed. But I think I've just accepted it now. And I know how important it is to him. And there's a lot worse things that he could be doing. Yeah. I mean, so what? So what? He goes out for a run, you know? And he really honestly does try to... He tries to run when it's not really going to interfere with anything. You know, I wake up in the morning. I was telling Carolyn this the other night, but I wake up in the morning and he's gone because he's out (laughs) running. Like he's up and at him like long before I'm awake. So when he gets home, that's when our day starts kind of thing. Usually on the weekends or that kind of thing happens through the week. He runs after work, but. I work full time too. So yeah, I'm cooking dinner, making it so as soon as he gets home. But I mean, I don't care because I actually like cooking. So, and it doesn't bother me. Like it doesn't bother me that much. Yeah. So Andrew, let's flip this to you. As, as a mother runner myself, I've dealt with the mom guilt when it comes to leaving my kids at home to go for a run. Do you find ever subconsciously you really make an effort to not have it impact your family life? Or does it really just all happen seamlessly? (laughs) 
I, yeah, I, like I wouldn't say it's seamless, but um, how do you do it? Because <laughs> there's a lot of people out there that are wondering this, right? <laughs> well, exactly. So I think, like Darla said, is so true. Is is I, I try and do it at times that it's less likely to impact our lives, right? In in other ways. But it does. Like, I mean, Darla didn't, she very nicely didn't mention some things, but definitely there, you know, there have, have been times where it's been somewhat stressful, mostly because of my running. And I could think of uh, several examples. Well, tell them. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yeah. It's not like you're alone mm-hmm. here. I mean, every running couple on the planet has yeah. probably encountered some mm-hmm. of these things. So let's talk about it. Well, I think as as a runner, you have some obligations. One is to yourself to try and get better. And we're all trying to better ourselves and, you know, run faster times and maybe accomplish certain things, whatever those goals are. And really, the only way to do that is to run more. Like, I don't know any other way. I mean, you can be more efficient with the type of running you do. And that's where I rely on uh, Kevin to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really super helpful. But on the other hand, I find you have to run more. So it's bound to have some impact on our lives. Like uh, Darla didn't mention that to you, but I mean, one prime example would be if we have something social going on, let's say, I don't know, it could be a Saturday night, right? And it mm-hmm. would be something normally that the two of us would be involved in. Well, let's just say I have a race the next morning. So then I'm sure we've all been there, but it's like, sure, I'm going, I'm not going to not go, I'll go, but you know, I may have one drink and just kind of be a bit of a party pooper, you know? So (laughs) so that kind of thing is, uh, it's, I think it's an issue, but Darla's really, at the beginning, it was a bigger issue. And, and now as time has gone on, it's, it's not really as much anymore but i feel somewhat guilty about that and then of course there were the running group potluck dinners and things or or breakfast things that we would have and those at times have been somewhat of an issue too (laughs) the only thing that would stress me because he would tell me that i had to make you know uh bring something he'd say oh i need something they want they want your cookies known as <laughs> no say cookies. it i want this whole story like set it up for us like why are they called the fucking yeah. cookies okay all right so what happened was it was a potluck dinner and andrew wanted me to make something and of course i was trying to impress everyone because i wanted to make something paleo so and i had made these cookies before and andrew had said oh my god like these are amazing you have to make these for the group Okay, but what he doesn't realize is that when you cook paleo, it takes you a very long time to make anything. Like, you want a cracker? You want a fucking cracker? Okay, well, that's going to take me about three hours to make. (laughs) I love it. I'm dying. (laughs) So, anyways, he wanted these cookies. So then... They were like almond flour chocolate chip cookies with bacon in them yeah they were like the best cookies but carry on yeah so very time consuming but anyways so he was just nattering me like you know you have to make these have to make these and I was like oh my god so then I finally decided okay I'll make those fucking cookies but it was put in an email somehow, and then the whole group just started calling them fucking cookies. So, And then we would not let you come to another potluck for the rest of time unless you brought your fucking cookies. Yeah, no, that's right. And it was so funny because I was looking back at what year that was, and I found an email, and it was from Heather, and she had said something like, Darla brought some fucking crepes, and they were even better than her fucking cookies. <laughs> She should maybe write a fucking cookbook. <laughs> Some of the best ideas are born with F-bombs, man. Like, mm-hmm. this is good. Yeah. Oh, so that's the story. That's even better than I remember it. Oh, my goodness. Well, and, yeah. and it kind of leads nicely into, like, you are the, the cook in the house. We've talked about your cupboard full of cookbooks. And <laughs> runners tend to eat a lot of food. 
right? At least the runners that we know, and you often have your kids there and some of them are runners and they're significant others. It's like a revolving door of people coming in and out of your house. So talk to us about how you navigate this between the two of you. Like, does it ever feel like you're cooking all the time? Are you happy to cook for him until his belly's full? Does it ever feel like a chore? Do you ever get resentful? Like, tell it all. Well, it really helped when he started intermittent fasting. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Wait a minute. (laughs) Because then I only had to do one meal. (laughs) Okay, so this is the type of intermittent fasting where you shorten your feeding window, you don't fast for days. Yeah, yeah, just a feeding window. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know what? Um, Andrew's actually pretty independent in the morning. He makes his own shake. (laughs) sometimes I make it but usually he makes his own and he makes his own bulletproof coffee and I don't make lunch the kids will bow to that they make their own lunch or I just have leftovers or whatever so I basically I just do dinner you know it doesn't really fizz me I don't really think too much about it ask Andrew I can whip up a dinner and you know very quickly it's unbelievable way (laughs) faster than the crackers Way faster than crackers. And let me tell you, I don't make crackers anymore. (laughs) I know. Me neither, to be honest. Me neither. (laughs) So how about that immediate post-run meal, Andrew? Like when you get back Mm -hmm. from your long run, do you cook for yourself or does Darla have an amazing meal ready for you? So um, a lot of times uh, I do something myself immediately after running. So, you know, that's just on my own, whatever, you know, a you can thing or something like that. Right. So that's easy. But then afterwards, Darla will make something like waffles or pancakes that are all sort of fitting with the way we eat. <laughs> and, and so it takes her way longer, but she uh, makes these things. So on a weekend, if I do a long run in the morning, let's say on a Saturday, often we have something like that in the later morning. It helps because I do have two KitchenAid mixers. I have two of those, the professional size, and I also have two Instant Pots now. So, Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Two. Two. I barely have room yeah. for one each of those things. <laughs> wow. Andrew, you must really appreciate the amount of effort and attention that she gives to cooking for you. And I'm sure you let her know that or else she wouldn't keep doing it. Am I correct? <laughs> Yes, you are correct. For sure. I I do. And sometimes I think that's maybe not enough, but I I do. And it does. uh, She knows. Yeah, she definitely knows how much I appreciate that kind of thing. And I'm lucky that she enjoys cooking because I I don't. And I'm sure a lot of people don't. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm lucky that way for sure. Here's where I will chime in because often I was actually running in Andrew's group and I never heard anything but appreciation for Darla and all of her cooking and just how wonderful she is and how supportive she is. And yeah, like he's very much does appreciate everything that you do from, from the way I perceived it anyhow. So yeah, I know. I know he does. Yeah. So Andrew, we understand that once you had sort of got hooked onto this running thing, I can't remember exactly what year it was, but you had a health scare big enough that it almost threatened the future of your running. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So it was around the time where I was interested in uh, some life insurance, that kind of thing. So I had randomly just... um, embarked on that and someone came to my office just as they always do they had to do a health questionnaire with me and I was having zero problems feeling great and uh, a visiting nurse asked me some questions and then did a cardiogram as part just because of my age a cardiogram was part of it so we were sitting in my office there were no patients around and she just did that and I just sort of glanced at the cardiogram and thought, oh, that's fucked up, basically. (laughs) I was like, okay, what the hell? So, you know, and then she kind of looked weird, too. And then so one thing led to the next. And and, um, even though I was feeling 100% fine, no no issues at all, you know, I had been running for a few years. And um, I had some other investigations done, and it just turned out I had this 
thing called a cardiomyopathy. Just to summarize it, it can kind of look like athlete's heart. And I was thinking it's got to be athlete's heart because I'm just running like a maniac and I'm doing all this other kind of training and stuff. But sadly, it wasn't that. I'm not a cardiologist, but I, I did think immediately that, oh, probably running hard like I do is not smart because these are the kind, you know, you hear about people dropping dead uh, in Mm -hmm. athletics and it's because they had an unknown condition like this. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it kind of scared me. Well, yeah, like take us to that point because you're looking kind of over the nurse's shoulders and you're like, holy shit, like what is that? Like with your training, right? You understand that (laughs) what this all means. And so what did you, how did you kind of process that sort of in that moment and in the, in the weeks and months to come? Right. Yeah. So my, it was on a couple of levels. Like one is I, I wanted selfishly, I wanted to keep running and that, kind of goes to what Darla said about the cult thing, right? So that was my primary (laughs) concern. You were firmly in the cult by that point. (laughs) I was. I was firmly in the cult and I I was, yeah, I was drinking the Kool-Aid for sure. So I was like, okay, I got to, I need to sort this out quickly. Like I can't wait. I need to know. So I Mm -hmm. did my research and, and certainly could have gone to, one of the bigger centers and satisfied myself with uh, somebody's knowledge. But I honestly ended up going to Cleveland and seeing some cardiologist there because he was someone who could see me like the next week, (laughs) which is, you know, it's it's not like he was better trained or anything, but he could see me quickly. So um, off we went and uh, I had some evaluation there and, um, at the time, I wanted things to happen quickly because of the running. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. it, can I interject here a little bit, Darla? Mm-hmm. I mean, here's your husband. He's an insane runner. He just finds out about this. Were you scared? Like, how did you feel about this whole situation? And what were you thinking of at this time? Oh, I was absolutely terrified. I did not want him to go running. I don't actually remember if Andrew ran before we went to Cleveland or not. I can't remember like if there was a time where he actually just didn't, he probably still did, but yeah, he was, he was scaring me a hundred percent. We went together to Cleveland we saw the doctor and when the doctor told Andrew that, you know, he had some limitations as to what he could and couldn't do, but running was okay. Andrew was the happiest person on earth. Mm happiest. Were either of you surprised by that advice? I was. I would not have believed him if I hadn't been there. I was like, I am going in with you. I am going in because I want him to say it to me. Yeah. Mm. And so, Andrew, when you heard like, oh, yeah, you're all clear for running, what were you thinking? Well, it was kind of funny because part of their evaluation was to put me on a treadmill and then do this echocardiogram at the same time, which they do that everywhere, these stress echoes, right? So I'm on this thing. And honestly, I ran so far into this program, like they couldn't (laughs) actually believe it. So I was somehow feeling proud of myself, right? So (laughs) (laughs) I beat the test. (laughs) <laughs> yeah they stopped me and said like okay like that's oh, that's okay and then when the guy had us together and Darla was with me I kind of had a feeling it was going to be okay because because I I knew what I had just done right so oh, yeah. and I didn't drop dead or anything so uh yeah it was kind of funny when the guy the cardiologist who's the nicest man actually but when he said to Darla he says you know he can do unlimited aerobic activity and that's how he said it it wasn't just that he can run (laughs) wow be careful giving somebody permission like that (laughs) yeah so it was kind of it was funny but it was a relief too it was yeah well and this is just where I'll interject because I know Andrew you'll never you'll never brag about yourself here but Andrew is someone 
who established himself in in our running club as someone who would we'd be doing a workout like a challenging workout and we're getting to the end of the workout everybody's really really tired and our instructions from the coach every once in a while would be okay this is the last one like give it everything you got at the end and Andrew has this ability to just turn on the jets at the end and just blow by everybody (laughs) like we're standing still like it happened I can't even count how many times that happened and it's the funny it's the most like amazing thing to witness so I'm not surprised that they got you on that treadmill and you could have gone all day like it's quite phenomenal what you can do you got some speed (laughs) but I you when you we were talking about this Uh, Before we recorded, you were saying that there's still something the two of you disagree on that the doctor said. Did you want to share that? Yeah. Well, the the, the flip side was he he said, well, on the other hand, when we stressed you as far as uh, a valsalva, which just means basically holding your breath and straining, right? When he, he because they made me do that kind of thing too. He said, well, when we did that, we saw some irregularities and some things that we didn't like as much. So you should probably not do any heavy lifting, was what he said. And then the way I heard it was that uh, you should really not lift more than 60 pounds. No, then- he said 50 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, we I don't agree there. on over those 10 pounds. <laughs> no, he said 50 pounds. He lifts more than 50 pounds all the time. So that's kind of a funny thing, but it didn't really impact us. Well, I was going to say, like, how, has there been a time yeah. since that time where you've lifted 55 pounds? And how did that yeah. go? Yeah. No, he does all the time. <laughs> lifts way yeah. more than 50 pounds. <laughs> well, so, Andrew, you took that uh, permission slip from the doctor for your unlimited aerobic activity. And you decided in 2019 to run the New York City Marathon. Am I correct? Right. I did. Yeah. So I want to hear about this marathon first from your perspective, Andrew, and then Darla, I'm going to ask you from your perspective, but we all know about first marathons. If anybody's run one, it's like you can have the greatest plan in the world and like something is going to happen that you cannot see coming. Um, So I do you understand you have a little bit of a story to tell around that uh, New York City Marathon in 2019? I do. I mean, and, and I'm sure runners would relate to it, but it was my first one. And as you know, as being part of the running group, we were all getting faster and all accomplishing things that we wanted to accomplish, mostly at the 5 and 10K sort of race level. Um, some of us doing longer, of course, but for me, it was never, I didn't want to do a marathon. I think partly that's Kevin's sort of training that like, why would you? Was his, <laughs> that's the, I used to once in a while wonder about it. And he would say, well, why would you want to do that? You know, even though he's an accomplished marathoner himself, right? But mm-hmm. anyway, so it never was on my radar until um, my, my niece at, at Christmas before uh, that New York City Marathon, she said, hey, if you wanted to run it, would you consider doing it with me kind of thing? And I said, mm. sure. You know, it was as simple as that. But then training, I, I did the plan. I was ready. did a half maybe a couple months before, and I was super happy with how that went and how I felt. My goals were to do a certain time in the marathon, and I was on schedule. <laughs> like everything to me was going the way it should. It was just the best experience to be there with 52,000 people and coming over the the bridge into Brooklyn. Everything was just awesome. It's just, I was 18 miles in and right on my pace, Mm -hmm. passed some family, waved to them, like seriously. And then the wheels just (laughs) fell off. Like I still can't explain it. I yeah. cannot explain it to this day. What the heck happened? But it's wild, you know, huh? Anyway, I don't want to bore you with the uh, the runner's view of this. It's just that seriously, I felt a little tiny cramp in my hamstring, and I'm thinking, what the heck is that? I never get that. And then, then it just my other calf started, and it just got to the point where it was so painful. If it was any normal time or normal run, I would have quit. Like, of course. You just quit, mm-hmm. but like I couldn't. So my last 
quarter of the race took me half the time. Yeah. <laughs> because oh. I had to stop and stretch. And I had people, random people coming up to me trying to help me. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> anyway, so that's enough of my sob story, right? But that's how it ended. But uh, after a few months have gone by, I'm, I can't wait to do another one. <laughs> of course, spoken like a true runner. Yeah. But Darla, so you're there, like you went yeah. to New York City, you guys had a great vacation and everything. I saw some pictures, but you're out there on the course, right? Like you were watching and you saw them in different places. So g- can you kind of give us the the play-by-play as you're following along with the tracker or seeing him? I'm not sure how you how you experienced it, but give us uh, your side of the story here on this New York City Marathon. Yeah, so it was Matt and Amelia and Michael, three kids of ours. They actually flew and met us there. Andrew and I ended up taking the train. That way we kind of went right into New York City. It was a great way to go. We drove to Syracuse and then took the train. So they were all there with us. And then we have the other two kind of here, Alex, who's living in Toronto, and Diana, And they were kind of tracking Andrew's race from Toronto. And then Madison, she had just moved into her house in Brighton. And so her and Brad were tracking the race from that area. So you can kind of get the gist of it. So I had some kids with me and some kids were at home. But anyway, so it was great. We were like so excited. Ran down to the area that we had all decided to to meet Madeline and John, who's Andrew's sister, and her husband, because they had come to watch her kids race as well. So we had met at this spot and we saw our nieces, you know, run by. And then we saw Andrew and he looked so good. We were like, oh my God, he's right on time. He looks amazing. So then we, you know, kind of went to the next area. We knew when Andrew should be running by. So Mm -hmm. we were like, we kept looking and no, it's not coming, not coming. I'm like, well, did we miss him? We had this huge sign. I had made this huge sign for him (laughs) that said, go Andrew, go. And so the kids are, you know, we're holding this sign. We're like, oh my God, like, where is he? And then we started getting like texts from the kids here. They were like, okay, something's wrong because he's not where he's supposed to be. He should have been to you guys like 20 minutes ago. And we were like, what? Like, what has happened? So, of course, I'm thinking, you know, this isn't good. Like, where is he? Like, has he had a heart attack? Like, uh-huh. what is going on? <laughs> because he looked so good before. So there was no reason. I knew something was wrong because mm-hmm. he looked so good before. There should be no reason why he's not where he's supposed to be unless something's happened. So, Anyways, we finally saw him and I screamed at him and he looked at me like I wasn't even there. He doesn't even remember me yelling at him and he was white and looked awful, like looked like he was going to collapse. And I grabbed (laughs) Amelia and I said, oh my God, like I, something's going to happen. And Michael said, I'm going to run behind him. He said, I'm going to run behind dad. And make sure he gets to the finish line. (laughs) But Andrew doesn't even remember this because he didn't even know Michael had done that. And anyway, Michael could only go so far because there was some kind of barrier. Anyways, he couldn't Mm -hmm. go in there. But um, yeah, Mm -hmm. it was scary because I didn't know if he was going to collapse. But (sighs) I didn't know either. Like I thought he was having some kind of cardiac event because he looked so bad. Yeah. I was just going to say, were you fearing the worst or did you think this was just normal runner? Oh no, this did not look good, but it was because he was in pain. Mm -hmm, It was like, he he was, he said like his whole body had seized up. So we were all happy that he was alive and well at the end. (laughs) We were all so excited that he had done it and he accomplishment, you know, like for him to do that, but he was just still so disappointed. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's the runner thing. That. Yeah, yeah. It's that runner yeah. thing. And, and honestly, Darla, as you're talking about those last, the last uh, few miles of that marathon, I'm starting to go on the listening end of it. Like, yeah, why do we do this? <laughs> you know, we put ourselves yeah. in these crazy situations, but yeah, no, that's, that's a good story. And I'm so super glad it all turned out. So do you have plans to do another one, Andrew? Yes, I do. 
because it didn't go like I wanted it to go, I thought, got to do another one. So I had signed up for, and Michael, my one son as well, uh, signed up for Chicago last year. And of course, it was canceled. And we were going to hang out. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So it didn't work out. And then we had to make a decision about, you know, how to postpone it or get a refund. So we've postponed it to this year. So we'll have to wait and see. Fingers crossed. But I'm training for it. Like I'm, I'm, awesome. I'm assuming it's going to go. So we'll see. That's the way I think you have to function in 2021 yeah. now is just assume the best. Yeah. Be ready. Yeah. Exactly. Be ready at a moment's notice. Right. <laughs> That's right. So we'll do another family trip and stuff, you know, so that'll be fun. We'll, we'll make mm-hmm. an uh, excursion to Chicago. It'll be fun. Awesome. Love it. So I have a question that I want to ask really more Darla. Every runner knows there's periods of time when you can't run, right? Sometimes they're voluntary, like a season ending natural break. Sometimes they're involuntary because of injury and sometimes it's tapering, right? I know I've had both family and coworkers (laughs) accuse me of having tapered tantrums and Uh. saying like, Kim, are you tapering? Because you're not yourself right now. And that's the most tactful way they could put it. So I'm wondering, (laughs) Darla, do you notice a difference in Andrew's mood when he doesn't have running as an outlet? I don't know. I don't actually, I don't think too much because I know there's been times where he hasn't been able to run. At one point he had a really bad plantar fasciitis and he could not run. Instead, he was going to the Y and he was doing the swim running. (laughs) Pool running. Oh, right. Pool running. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you were in the, yeah, you were in the pool, right? So, um, (laughs) and how satisfying was that, Andrew? Like, he hated it. (laughs) He hated it. Every runner hates pool running. (laughs) But I think that if he can't run, I guess my point is if he can't run, he finds something else to do. I don't think he's ever had a pause in not doing anything. If he has an injury, then he's doing something else. That has to do with running. It might not be running, but it's something to improve himself some way. I know he gets super grumpy, though, if he misses his running. Like, if he can't go to running group, super, (laughs) super grumpy. (laughs) Well, okay, so it sounds like you guys are normal. So that's good. I mean, there's times when, um, yeah, short term, you can get grumpy. But I do, as a physiotherapist, I often say that to my patients or to the people I'm mentoring. I'm like, if you ever take anything away from a runner, even if it's one workout, you have to put something back in that place, whether it's pool running or biking or whatever. So it sounds yeah. like, Andrew, you do pretty good with that. Do you ever find sometimes you 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 have to push those feelings down, Andrew? Like, I, I'm feeling grumpy and I just... I've got to bottle this up or are you pretty good with substitutions? Um, I'm pretty good with substitution. And, and I did, and now that you mentioned it, I, I, I bought a bike and I started biking, even though I've never done that before. When I had the plantar fasciitis, I, I, I did the pool running and biking. Right. But uh, yeah, I think really I'm okay. As far as I wouldn't want that to go on forever and ever, but uh I can do it short term like all of us can. Awesome. You guys are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Wow. I, we had you on this podcast for a reason because you seem to have it figured out. So totally. there's lessons that we can all learn from you guys. Right. <laughs> so as you know, the name of our podcast is Inspired Souls. And usually near the end of the episode, we ask the guest if there's somebody who's inspired them. But we're going to kind of do a little twist on that for the two of you. And we want to know how you inspire each other. Andrew did give me the inspiration to run those 5k races. That's something that I never would have thought about doing ever. But more importantly, I feel that Andrew inspires me on a day to day basis. The way that he is, he has so much dedication to his patients His day often starts well before we leave the house, and it often finishes well into the evening. And I don't know, he just has so many responsibilities. He wears so many hats, 
and yet he's still able to hold it all together. And I also love the way that he puts our family first, and I feel that we're all so fortunate to have him. How about you, Andrew? We didn't talk a lot about what Darla went through at the beginning, which was you know, ahead of my issues, and mine was very minor compared to what Darla went through uh, before I started the running group. But we have a, not a joke, but we have a thing that we say sometimes to each other, and it's like, get a real problem and it, mm. it really makes you grateful for what we're all able to do. Right. And, mm. you know, in my line of work, obviously I see a lot of people who struggle and, uh, Darla really, she had two years of hell. There's no other way to put it. I mean, she had mul- multiple surgeries. She went through chemo, everything mm. and our lives at least two years were completely on, on hold. Like they really were. I mean, I was as supportive as I could be, I think. And, you know, that inspires me because mm-hmm. compared to what I'm doing, it, you know, it, it just pales in comparison to what Darla's been through and what she's done and what she's accomplished, especially with the kids and all, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's all serious stuff, but it's got to be said, I think. And I think that's how Darla inspires me is, uh, you know, get a real problem, like plantar fasciitis. <laughs> it's all perspective, right? Yeah, it's perspective for sure. You both obviously are very supportive of each other and, you know, quid pro quo, you know, you're there for each other. And that's so inspiring to, you know, keep using that word. But Darla, you know, it seems like in a running context, you've really nailed what it means to be a supportive running spouse, and you have a husband who appreciates you. What's your message for someone, a running spouse, who may be struggling? I don't know. I guess it depends a lot on their relationship. You know, Andrew and I are pretty solid, so I don't take it personal, <laughs> like when he's out for a run. So I would tell that person, I guess, don't take it personally. They, they just have something they love and let them do it, be supportive and, you know, maybe think about getting your own hobby then if, if you, if it bothers them so much that it's interfering with their relationship in some way, then maybe they should look at doing something that they love and enjoy. I love going out for a walk. So often when I, you know, I'm out walking for like a five or a 10K walk, Andrew will do his run. Well, it sounds to me like you've really made an effort to understand, to understand his world, right? And even though it's not your whole universe, you have really made a a concerted effort to connect with his running community, his running tribe. You make the fucking cookies. Yeah. Um, And trust me, as a runner myself, that goes a long way. (laughs) So Andrew, you know, I'm sure you've seen it all in your running community. What does it mean to you to have such a supportive running spouse? Yeah, obviously it means a lot. And I think if it had been a bigger issue that wasn't going away, then you know, then you have to make a decision, really. I mean, you, you kind of have to change something, right? But it, mm-hmm. it never really amounted to that. So yeah, it's give and take both, you know, it's give and take. But uh, of course, it's appreciated, like I said. But really, maybe it has more a little bit to do with the relationship in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, some people may run, some people may play hockey, some people may do whatever to get away from their spouse. And that's different. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. a lot of it has to do with what's underneath, right? And I think going back to what we were talking about before, I think a little gratitude goes a long, long way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like when yeah. you're appreciative of the meals and you're, you know, doing what you yeah. can to get the run in at a convenient time for the family, like those things help, right? So, yeah. Oh, you sure. guys are awesome. 
So at the end of this podcast, we usually do a little few little rapid fire questions and they're always the same, but we again wanted to shake things up given that this format is a little different. And for people listening, we actually didn't tell Andrew and Darla what these questions were ahead of time. So they don't know what's coming, which I'm hoping adds to the fun of these. They are just meant to be fun. So it's the first thing that comes to mind. Andrew, I'm going to start with you. Okay. What would Darla have a harder time giving up, wine or chocolate? Wine. She really, really enjoys once in a while having a glass of wine, and we both do, actually. So it's kind of part of our thing. Yeah, I get that. (laughs) All right, Darla, your turn. Here we go. We'll bounce this back to you. What would Andrew have a harder time giving up, wine or running? Um, running. Good choice. (laughs) All right. Next question. Is there something, Andrew, that you do that drives Darla crazy? Can I answer that question? (laughs) Flossing my teeth. Okay. This is not rapid fire. What is annoying about flossing your teeth? Exactly. Oh my God. He's so loud when he flosses his teeth. (laughs) Like, unbelievable. <laughs> but at least he's flossing his teeth, right? Yeah. I know, but it doesn't have to be so loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the worst thing he does. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Get a real problem. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's right. Darla, is there something that you do that drives Andrew crazy? Uh, spend money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay, in the spirit of this, hopefully, Olympic year this year, imagine your spouse has to train for one summer Olympic sport. So, Andrew, which event do you think Darla has the best shot of making it into the Olympics in? Speed walking. Nice. Race walking. Love it. All right, Darla, what do you think Andrew has the best shot of making it into the Olympics in? Maybe the, yeah, like a sprint, maybe like the 400 meter sprint. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I would have said for sure. (laughs) Okay, Andrew, what is one simple thing that makes Darla happy? Going shopping together (laughs) with her daughter, not with me. That's not true. Oh, okay. (laughs) But as long as you don't spend any money, it's just window shopping, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's way more things that make me happy than that, Andrew. I know. Darla, what's one simple thing that makes Andrew happy? Getting up very, very early and going for a run. (laughs) Ah, you know your man. Okay, so let's finish off with this one. Andrew, describe Darla in one word. Loving. Darla, describe Andrew in one word. Well, I'm going to describe him in two words. He's my best friend. You guys, you're going to make me cry. You've made me laugh so much on this podcast. Now you're going to make me cry. That's so sweet. No, but he really is. Yeah. You two are so wonderful and so much fun. And we... We really, really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this, to be our first couple of the quarter on this podcast. It's been a riot getting to know you two better. And um, it really means so much that you're sharing this whole running journey from from the perspective of both spouses. Like, I really think that it's going to help a lot of people. So to Darla and all the supportive running spouses out there, we really appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having us. That was a lot of fun. Really appreciate it.